Just a heads up before we start, in this episode we have some talk about murder and serial killers. So if that's not really your bag, then feel free to skip this episode. This isn't like true crime or anything, but if you know the song Dirty Frank, then you kinda know what you're in for. Just trying to be considerate to everyone out there. The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. We're so ready for all the Pearl yeah. Jams. <laughs> well, the things are starting to open up now, so I've actually got my first uh, gig this weekend, uh, which is a festival. It's our first family festival where we're, we're taking the kids, so um, probably live to regret it. But we'll crazy, see. crazy people. We will see. <laughs> is that the one where the uh, Manic Street Preachers uh Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited. Lily, not so much. Lily's not going to. <laughs> well, I'm not going. It's hard for me to be excited about a gig I'm not going to. <laughs> but we've got something coming up. We're seeing Elvana. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of Elvana, Brandon? Heard of what? Elvana. Elvana? Elvana. You must check them out. They're the best thing ever. It's, <laughs> so it's, it's a Nirvana tribute band, but in the style of Elvis Presley. Oh, yeah. yeah so good. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, you've not seen them yet, have you, Lily? I haven't. You took my husband. Yeah. <laughs> but this time we're all going to go and see them. So yeah. After on. a weekend of camping yeah. with the school, so we'll be broken yeah, in all it's kinds of ways. A mess. There is actually, I can't remember <laughs> if I booked tickets or not, but there was a Pearl Jam tribute band that we talked about seeing, I think in December or something. Oh, I can't remember if I booked Jam it yeah, I can't remember if it's them or if it's Pearl Jam with two M's. Ah, isn't it yeah. Pearl Jam with two M's that's now not legal jam? There was... One of, which was it them that had to change the name? I can't remember. You think yeah. Pearl Jam UK would be sailing a little close to the wind anyway? I think Pearl Jam UK are the ones that I did see already. Yeah. I can't remember if it's them again or not. Is that the guy that everyone says is the best Eddie Vedder impersonator kind of? He was very good. Like, he took himself very seriously. <laughs> well, you probably have <laughs> Halfway to be trying to be Eddie Vedder, yeah. Um, but no, they're good. I know, I just looked at all the bands that I'm planning on seeing and realised how 90s it is. Like, I'm being very <laughs> true to form. We've got... Rufus Wainwright coming up, yeah. Brendan Benson, yeah. Marina Palo. Yeah. We've got all the Pearl Jam stuff next year. Yeah. It's quite... <laughs> I need to get yeah. some new some new bands in my repertoire. We're, we're going to see Dream Wife. Ah, uh, yes, Dream Have you heard of Dream Wife, Brandon? Dream Wife? Yeah, they're, they're definitely not 90s, but I'd say they're very 90s mm-hmm. inspired. They're like, yeah, like a... They're semi-local as well, aren't they? Yeah. They, they went to university in, in Brighton, which is... They're the super punk. Also. Yeah, look them up. Yeah, quite. Yeah, very punk, punk girl band. Not girl band. No, yeah, not, not how that sounded <laughs> at all. They are women. They are in a band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think maybe one of them is non-binary as well. So not girl band. Uh, oh, Ooh. thank you. Good <laughs> save, Hannah. Thank you. I would have got cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure not to put this in in the. Uh... Yeah, don't put that in. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 12 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Paloma. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and b-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon today talking about the song Dirty Frank with the Society Owes Me a Gen X podcast hosts back again, Lily and Hannah. Hello. How are both of you? Hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. We're very well. Thanks. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well as well. 
A little smoky, but that's it. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's part of part of the voice that I have. As long as as well as it being early over here because of the uh, of the ocean between us. Yeah, it's afternoon tea time for here for us here. We're drinking tea and eating fruitcake. <laughs> How proper! <laughs> In our Sunday best. <laughs> Well, uh, let's see. This song uh, was written by the whole band at the time that Dave A. joined. So he's credited Jeff, Stone, Mike, Ed, uh, and of course writing the lyrics for it. It's uh, first, I don't know about when it first came on because I'm not sure about when the CDs came out, but it is on the Even Flow import single as well as the european 10 along with wash and a live version of alive and also on the japanese alive single slash ep before it uh came out on lost dogs and uh let's see this uh uh there's there's some uh other connections here there uh, a number of cover bands have named themselves uh dirty franks and other sort of uh permutations of that uh, there's also a, uh, coming from your neck of the woods, a 2000 AD comic strip by uh, Rob Williams and Henry Flint. It's a Judge Dredd spinoff called Low Life. Oh, didn't know about that. I did see that, actually, yeah. Yeah, my um, my cousins, when I was a kid, my cousins were huge Judge Dredd fans, so that was a different, a different era. But yeah, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they really nailed his character anyway. <laughs> so the, the, the appearance is, uh, is based on... Uh, comic book author alan moore who's uh got a wild beard and hair all over the place it's pretty much how you would expect somebody named dirty frank to look and in that comic as well uh there's a character amy nixon who they say is based on courtney love with a broken nose <laughs> wow that i need to see i don't want to see courtney with a broken nose there is something cartoon baddie about her isn't there? <laughs> Oh, I yeah. can see that totally. Oh, that but uh, before we get, oh man, we got two. Uh, oh, 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 okay. Before we get much more into it, I for I forgot my own my own uh, uh, my own conceit here because I've talked to you two before. But I haven't asked Lily. When did you first hear of Pearl Jam? Um, right. Well, uh, for me, uh, it was at school. We had some German exchange students uh, over for a week. And um, they were pretty cool, you know, lots of asymmetrical hairstyles and, uh, you know, hippie scarves and stuff. But they had um, one of the girls, and I think it was Silka, don't quote me. Uh, Sorry if it wasn't you, Silka. Um, But she had this mixtape. And, um, you know, that's how teenagers connect, isn't it? I think Mm -hmm. we were about 14. And so it was like, oh, we like this. This is is the kind of stuff that we listen to in Germany. And the first track on, on both sides, A and B, um, was Pearl Jam. So Even Flow was the first song I ever heard. And it was just, it was one of those things which was like, just stop everything. What is this? Who is this? Why don't I know this? Where has this come from? And and after that, it was, yeah. So we made, we all made a, we made a copy of their mixtape and just listened to it obsessively until somebody got their hands on the album, uh, which I think was my best friend at school, Alison. And we all had the copy. And then finally, I think it must have been late 92, I was in France with my mum and I bought that European version mm-hmm. um, for myself um, at FNAC. And it had these three bonus tracks, which made my album like just the wow factor when I got back home. And um, so, yeah, I've been listening to, to Dirty Frank since, since late 92. 
that's where the love affair began. Yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> it's just, I think we talked about it a little bit last time where, you know, you feel like you suddenly, something in you gets switched on. Yeah. And you know, this is, this is the band for you. And whatever they're doing, you just want to know everything about them, hear everything they have, see them as soon as you can. And I, and I was lucky enough to, to be able to see them in 93 when they were touring with Neil Young in Finsbury Park. And yeah, that was pretty epic too. <laughs> Life made at 93. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that European version is the only version of the CD that I had until they re-released everything in the box set and then had the, uh, the bonus tracks and the, uh, and the, and the, uh, remastering or whatever like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, Oh, I, I always had wash and, and dirty Frank there and all my friends were like, Oh wow. wow I know yeah. we, we, we got kudos, didn't we? <laughs> uh, well, the one, the one, one friend who listened to Pearl Jam too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a bit special. And plus mine was from France. It was like, whoa, you know, you can't Super even get it here. Yeah. Yeah. Because in, in the UK, we always struggled, you know, financially to be able to get the, the imports. You know, you'd have to save for ages. It was it was usually the better part of you know, 20 quid, probably. Yeah, it was so expensive. Yeah. Which was uh, crazy then, but it was your only option, really. So, yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah, my first import CD was Holes Pretty on the Inside, I think, going back to Courtney Love. It was about <laughs> 19 quid, I think, in Tower Records. So then for the, for the European imports, were those cheaper than the American stuff that would come over or we might not have even gotten it it wouldn't even oh, really? necessarily been stocked so we got oh, american okay. imports but they tended to be that somebody had come in to the virgin store or wherever it was or tower and had requested it so they they, they got a few maybe and yeah, they put really them out mm-hmm. european imports tonight. no just no me. oh okay but there's a weird connection as well it's the same with movies um i lived in france for a while in the i think it was 95 96 96 it would have been and movies will come out in america and they will come out almost simultaneously in france and germany and whatnot but it'll be another six months before we get them in the uk even though it's the same language and you'd think it would take longer for them to like get all the subtitles and everything and get it sorted out so i don't know what the licensing situation is but it is different we are such an island sometimes (laughs) and we have been since back in the day so yeah now we're even more so. That's a different story. Let's not Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> Along with coronavirus, British people are sick of thinking, talking, breathing, <laughs> living Brexit too. Yeah, I think I, I think that most of the the imports and stuff that I got said like we'd either say Germany or Austria or something like that on them. So and yeah, I guess this is before the European Union, so things were a little bit more fractured and stuff mm-hmm. than when the euro came in and all that. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a sort of scary moment where we thought we'd lose the pound for a bit, but it didn't happen in the end. And I guess just as well. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen anytime soon. And, and, and whatever color passport that oh, you have. Oh, tell right? me about it. I've got my new passport two days ago and it's blue. I missed my red one already. We're back to blue. Or was it? No, it was not It was black before, wasn't it? My parents had the it's black It's a very dark blue now, yeah. Yeah, with a... Remember my parents' names were sort of written in pen on it. You know, it was so like... Yeah, this is all very high tech now. A field day for counterfeiting. <laughs> Lost all my pretty stamps in my passport. <laughs> you can pay extra, they'll send it back to you, Hannah. Oh, they'll send the other one back to <laughs> Nostalgic. Um, let's see, this song... Let's see, it is a sort of funk fuck around i guess <laughs> inspired by the red hot chili peppers i guess when they were on tour with them uh there are uh, in in the, it is a very sort of jam i think just kind of 
they were messing around and made up weird lyrics and definitely i think that's a really good way to describe it i know i think you read our notes <laughs> love it it's hilarious i think it's oh, i just love it i think they were on tour with smashing pumpkins as well weren't they that yeah 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 i don't we talked about that but that was when william p corgan had a bit of a hissy fit had you already had it? that fit by this point I well i know. think they were deciding no they they, they realized they were going to have an opportunity to have nirvana tour as well and Billy Corgan heard about it and was like, whoa, 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 you know, because he knew Courtney would be joining them, I guess. Yeah, he gave them an ultimatum, didn't he? And, and he was like, yeah, it's, it's them or us. And they were like, okay, okay. catch you later, Billy, bye. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't end well. Oh, his poor ego. That must have hurt. Well, he still had his hair then, so I guess that's I guess a it bit did, of a yeah, it did. But I mean, what a... What... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's like, like Samson. Yeah. Oh, it was all Courtney's fault, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is a hilarious song. Um, I, I can't listen to it without without cracking up. It's just hilarious from beginning to end. And I think that's why it really stands out in this like era of Pearl Jam as well, doesn't it? I mean, imagine seeing that tour. That's just like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, needs for gigs ever done. Yeah. But it's so unlike everything else that they were playing at the time, isn't it? They weren't they weren't doing other funny fuck arounds, to my knowledge. Well, I think um, that's an interesting aspect of Lost Dogs, isn't it? Is that there is this other dimension to it because they weren't necessarily destined for an album, and yeah. therefore maybe there's a less of a kind of a vision towards you know the album as a whole, and they, they can just cut loose a bit because it's so unvedder, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and now, I mean, would it have happened if it wasn't the Chili Peppers that they were touring with? Because, I mean, it's, I it's think you're right. obviously yeah. totally Chili Peppers inspired. I mean, you know, if you're not paying too much attention, you would think it's, you know, Suck My Kiss or something, wouldn't you? It's like, oh, no, okay. Recognize yeah, people. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can just, you you almost feel Flea's bass in this. Yeah, in a, totally. You know, deep kind of. I think, did you, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think I saw that it was first played... In March 92 in the Netherlands. Brandon, do you, is that right? They have that listed as um, a tag that the first, that it was the first time they played March 7th uh, in 92 or uh, March 9th, sorry, 92. Um, but that's more of a freaky, styly tag, I think. says cook them just to see the look on their face uh is taken from the red hot chili peppers freaky styly song where he says fuck them just uh-huh. to see the look on their face
And that's what he's saying in that performance. It's a couple weeks later on March 27th, I think in Wisconsin or something like that, um, where he does say cook them during a song. These are, these are just tags that they, uh, that they had for uh, the song. playing it in full yet uh-huh. until what is that april 3rd 1992 and uh i i don't think a uh a bootleg of that exists i couldn't find it anywhere so hannah thought she might have found a little bit more information on the actual frank the bus driver oh, that it was based yeah. on mm-hmm. yeah so yeah frank uh, ziprich ziprich i'm not sure how you pronounce it but i saw that um on one of on on the fan forum, someone had put in May two thousand and nine um, that in their local paper in the obituary section it said that Francis Ziprick, who drove tour buses for rock bands like Pearl Jam, died at the age of fifty three. Oh wow! Um, yeah, but the link I can't I can't open the uh, the link to the obituary. It's um yeah the page is no longer there. But I mean it sounds very likely that it's the same Frank. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Anything <laughs> <Nothing> else? <laughs> on it. Well, we figured. I suppose when you you know when you when you hear that the lyrics are kind of based on on their um, tour bus driver and you might get an idea of of what he might kind of look like, but I guess if that's true and that's the guy, then he wouldn't have been that much older than them. No, mm-hmm. the age, yeah, uh, yeah. If only there was a picture. But yeah. then they named Czech Dharma, and of course Jeffrey Dahmer was not uh, an old guy when true. he was arrested. Yeah, yeah. True, yeah, which is shortly... Yeah. Killing, cooking, and eating people. Shortly before, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, of eating people then, so... <laughs> As you do. So we, Long pig? So, uh. Brandon, why do you think... So, Lily and I were talking before this. Right, the Eat Skinny Mike... Uh, why eat Mike? Because he's the skinniest. That doesn't make any sense. Surely you'd want to... Because he says lose weight. One. Be safe. So, surely Mike is the safest of all by that time. That doesn't make any... I'm like, what am I misunderstanding? Surely you'd want to eat the meatiest one. So they should all put on... Oh, no, hang on. No, that doesn't make sense. I'll lose weight. I'll be safe. Maybe they just... They didn't want to point out who was the chubbiest. But then it's the like that gets eaten. <laughs> yeah, because then, then it's like, where's Mike McQueen? Oh, my God, he's been eight. So he did eat the skinny one. Maybe it's just a name syntax thing. <laughs> <laughs> Have I overthought? Where's Jeff Hayman? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't flow as well. <laughs> so it's not the best song to analyse. Yeah, and Ed can't say himself because he's the one singing the song, so. <laughs> exactly. It had to be a last name ending in Y. That's it. Stony. I've got it. I'd have eaten Stony. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, maybe they figure it's like, oh, he's the skinniest one. They won't really realize that he's gone since he take you know, he's smaller. Yeah. Maybe uh, kind of lose track of yeah. where he is or something maybe. And... Easy pickings. The most vulnerable. <laughs> 
an appetizer though. <laughs> First, I'm start, eat, yeah. That's it, you're Hannibal the Cannibal from now on. <laughs> you doubted yourself. Jeff would be the main course. Maybe stay for dessert, I think, actually, oh. yeah. <laughs> Tasty delicious. That's Hannah's saying <laughs> there, just want to make that clear. <laughs> this really has devolved, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. It's all in good fun. It's just it's a fun it's a fun song. So, you know, it's 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 like they they are like a super serious, you know, band and they're like, "Okay, you know, we're serious and we're moody and we're introspective." And then they have this song coming out. It's kind of like, "Hey, you know, music though is fun, right? And we're kind of having a good time and everything." It it really is a just a song out of left field, I think, for them, and and probably why it's you know never played, and also why I think fans are so into it because it's kind of like it's it it's a song that doesn't belong, you know. It's been out there since the very beginning, pretty much, and it's kind of like, well, what about this song? You know, it's hey, you know, it's fun, and it shows you guys try to have a sense of humor. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that reminds me of like yeah, because obviously you know the the other stuff that they're well, the stuff that they were playing live at the time is a lot more serious. This is like nothing else that they were they were doing, and it kind of reminds me a bit like we were talking about um, Alice in Chains the other day, and you know, obviously, a, you know, a lot of their material is is you know very very dark, heavy stuff. Um, but I think yeah, was it Jerry um, in an interview was saying, or one of them was saying that you know, they did just like fuck around a lot and went to fairgrounds and stuff, you know, when they weren't doing all that. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Mooney was saying, yeah, we just, we like to go to fairgrounds and we, and we like to game and uh, mess around and go on the dodgems and stuff. And talk about cannibal bus drivers and make songs. (laughs) But yeah, it's like all of those, you know, all of those grungy Seattle guys, like, you know, their music was not generally lighthearted and fun but it doesn't mean they weren't still having a hell of a time on their uh, on their tour buses and behind the scenes exactly i mean with with a band like um you know california good time boys red hot chili peppers <laughs> you know they're just coming from such a different place yeah i mean just watching the documentary funky monks you get a good sense of, <laughs> of what happens when they're out and about <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think it, it's, a, it's a really nice um, bit of levity for them. Definitely. And tr- it's kind of like everybody, you know, you try on things for size. Mm-hmm. Um, and you definitely act maybe a little bit differently when you're with other people to see if maybe that's a side of you, you know, that you're interested in, you know, inhabiting a bit more or not. And, and, and that's how I feel about this song. It's yeah. them trying something on and having fun. But ultimately, it's like, yeah, it's not really our thing. But I mean, it's got such a groove. Yeah. Which... Specifically trying on the chili peppers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But that's, you know, I'd love to see Stone, you know, just like jamming with the chili peppers. Yeah. I feel cool. like it would bring out his very, you know, funky side. I mean, most of the most of the time, if I hear, um, if, I, if I look up, you know, really carefully who wrote the lyrics and... Um, and or, or the music or or like a particular groove i tend to find that stone gossard is behind it yeah so there's just something about him and and his style that i just absolutely love i think it kind of goes back to like the california connection with ed as well because i mean like he kind of knew the chili peppers because he was uh, yeah. uh roadieing for them a little bit or something i think 
and then also bad radio is has a lot of uh yeah. chili peppers ish sounding songs as well right and the jack irons yeah thing. yeah yeah i wonder I'd, I'd love to know if jack irons i'm sure somebody does know and someone's asked him and he's talked about it but i wonder if it, if, if it wasn't a bit stayed for jack irons you know coming from a chili peppers place and then like playing with pearl jam that's just such a different vibe but maybe that was bringing out his series yeah vibe. quite a contrast yeah well jack never played this song because there was no, a... no but just playing with the band you know and their seriousness oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and their earnestness and their, you know, desire to you know, prove themselves. I, I feel like a, a lot of the early 90s for Pearl Jam was like, no, we're not that band and we're not that group and we're not that genre and we're not just that place. And, you know, they, they were just kept, kept being sort of shoved into these different contexts that they weren't comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they've got so ahead of that these days, you know, they're far more in control of that and... Consequently, I mean, it seems like they're a lot more comfortable with yeah. themselves, and now they're just like yeah. the biggest rock band in the world. Yeah, it's probably it's probably I don't know for Jack, it would seem kind of weird going from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, he had his own band, Eleven Two or whatever, uh, between those. But you know, where it seemed like they are, you know, out of control. I think this the Freaky Styly record, I think, was their second, and they recorded with uh, George Clinton, mm-hmm. and also I think. I don't know if it gets a co-production credit or whatever like that, but also uh, uh, tons and tons of cocaine uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. That all <laughs> doing during that, that record. So, uh, and then, you know, going from these younger and then going to these younger guys who are a whole lot more serious and sort of like, oh yeah, you know, like we are going to make, we're going to make this weird record that doesn't sound like any you know like our other stuff you know we want some of your polyrhythms and you know some more weird songs that are gonna drive people away i guess and we're just gonna be arty and stuff with uh with no code yeah maybe it was like uh rehab and therapy all rolled into one (laughs) (laughs) and get paid Uh, in the lyrics, there's also the uh, reference uh, to Isaac Hayes' Shaft theme. You see, this cat Shaft is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. What I'm talking about, Shaft? Well, that dirty Frank was a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Hey, man, I'm just talking about dirty Frank. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do, I remember listening to it uh, when I got the CD home and, and just really thinking, what is this? <laughs> you know, and I like <laughs> it, but what is it? Yeah, yeah. Where is this coming from? This is not the band I've been listening to. I mean, in, in a very happy way, but it is just so left field for them. Yeah. And then the way it just ends is, okay, I think that's enough. Okay, I think that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Fuck around over. Yeah. <laughs> Back to our bread and butter. Let's get serious. Let's get moody. <laughs> yeah. I think the lyrics are genius. I've got a cupboard full of fleshy, fresh ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> Anglo-Saxon soup. I didn't hear that lyric for the longest time. Like, you oh, know, you the- just sing along, but you don't know exactly what he's saying. But it doesn't matter because it's any better and sometimes it's a bit garbled. But it's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Mike, isn't it? He's in the soup. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> it is. Well, oh, yeah, that line um, is shows up as different lyrics in different places. Um, like the Japanese Alive single that I have, um, you know, they'll put lyrics to everything because, you know, they'll put it in English and in Japanese just because that's... I don't know if that's a law there or if it's just, you know, tradition, like, you know, the Japanese people like to have the lyrics to everything, I guess, so they know what's what the song's about or whatever like that. But uh, in that, it says uh, famous ankle soup, 
but uh, you listen to it and it's like, oh, Ed, Ed is saying anus ankle soup. <laughs> oh, ah, this is like sausages. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say, you know, from the, the nose to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the tail, or lot, lips yeah. and assholes, as they say in the UK. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is lovely. We do have a ton of phrase here, don't we? Delicious. <laughs> and also the little groupie getting chopped up in the back. It's so dark. It's so funny. And for, for American listeners, uh, uh, dodgems are, I believe, what we call bumper cars here in America. Oh, sorry. So, oh, no, yes. that's fine. It's just, just say, you know, it's just uh, turn, different turns of phrases and stuff. Just say if, if anybody if anybody didn't know who was listening, it's like, what the hell's a dodgem? <laughs> Yeah, we did. We have different fairground terms for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, there's um, that original version is uh, different than the Lost Dogs version. Uh, I, I think it's the same song though. They just took out some of Ed's kind of uh, just random words, random singing and stuff like that. The incidental stuff, you know, kind of the beginning, just kind of the start off. Eat some meat. Tidy it up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think maybe he was a little bit embarrassed, probably, in that stuff. It's kind of like, uh, you know, let's take some of that out. I mean, like, because they, cause they take out the um, the cook'em, just see the look on their face on the Lost Dogs version, too. So that's completely gone uh, from mm. it. So if, if for some reason, nobody ever, so, so some newer fan or something like that who hadn't gone through and gotten imports or downloaded Dirty Frank from Napster or something like that, doesn't realize that that's part of the song. I guess you're probably, you know, in doing Lost Dogs, you're coming across quite a bit of that um, in in other tracks. Yeah, is that true of Footsteps? Isn't there some? I I think I haven't gone through and done the completely nerdy thing of taking both <laughs> songs and like putting them in one like song file or something like that and listening to them at the same time to see if there are differences. You're going to do but, that after this though, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe i do that for the rest of the songs or something because like I said, like, I think, like I'm pretty awesome. sure like this is the exact same thing. It's just they're using a, either a different vocal take or they're just taking some of those background vocal maybe things that, that Ed had and just, you know, cutting those out. But I think with Footsteps as well, I think that's the exact same rock line performance mm -hmm. with you know with just the the harmonica overlaid on it because there are some parts you know even though it says like different producers and stuff in both of those credits there's some parts where ed is taking like inhaling at the same time and you know his voice is kind of doing 
this like the exact same sort of trail off vibrato thing like at the end of certain notes and stuff like that and it just is it just seems like i think like i think they're the exact same thing it's just you know they have different credits and and, in in different mixes and stuff too like i think wash might actually be the same they just like turned Mm. up different instruments at different times and stuff like that too yeah i mean that's Certainly, somebody's full-time job, isn't it? <laughs> Remastering. <Yeah. laughs> <and laughs> Speaking of instruments, I, I love how they've like added the extra like saws and power tools into this. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. It's brilliant. And I think it's like, is that what a meat grinder sounds like? I don't know, maybe like a garbage disposal or uh... ouch, <laughs> atmospheric. Yeah, that wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer's yeah. <laughs> thing. I think he liked the power drill. Maybe I... the power drill. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. Dark stuff. (laughs) Lily is like the resident serial killer expert here. (laughs) I do love my true crime, but there is there's one thing I pardon the fun can't stomach, and that is cannibals. I can't really read about that. I can't really go into that. I just it's just a bridge Mm -hmm. too far. Oh oh, really? (laughs) You're quite tolerant otherwise. (laughs) There's just (laughs) there's something just on a very very basic level in me. (laughs) I can't. Cannot deal with people eating that people. I can't. I can't go there. No. You can wear their faces as masks. That's, <laughs> that's anything the, else you want to say. Pathology that I just don't eat them. I can't get my head around that. No. Did no, I can't. Did the um, Hannibal series ever make it? I over think there? so. Yeah. Did either of you ever see it? With uh, I didn't see the series. Uh, I saw the movies. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the series either for reasons that I've just exactly explained. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was years ago. There was a story about a German guy. Oh yes, oh uh, yes, I know that all too well. And I was starting to read it, and I just—it's one of those things that I, I've <laughs> never been able to forget. I, I think that was like that sort of stuff was like a very early internet, like a part of early internet history. Kind of like that story going around. Uh, I don't know, the e-bombs world of it that is just sort of the the, the internet being a whole new thing and just kind of like, oh, there's a whole bunch of weird stuff that, you know, maybe would like kind of go around in, in small circles of just kind of weirdness, maybe like mm-hmm. schools or something like that. Kind of, you know, the weird kids kind of like, oh, man, I saw this magazine that, you know, had this weird stuff in it. It's going, oh, OK, cool. And then it just stays, you know, with them and doesn't really go off into a broader sort of you know friends of friends of friends oh i saw something online and these people are talking about it and it's weird and gross or something like that yeah the early days are viral it doesn't seem like yeah. it was that long ago though i'm sure if, if that had happened before dirty frank was written that that would be referenced in this song i'm sure mm-hmm. i mean i think jeffrey dunn was fairly enduring true that murderous <laughs> series for everybody I mean, imagine your last name being Dharma. i mean you just have to change it there's just no way you could I know um, a sort of a, she's kind of an educator and her last name is Bundy. And the, I just always think of it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure I've never said this to her, but I'm sure she hears that a lot. I'm sure. Like, ooh, no relation. There must be loads of dams in the world still. I don't know. Yeah. Going, going, going back, linking to, uh, to, to comic books. Uh, there, there is a, uh, a graphic novel called My Friend Dahmer about a guy who grew up like with Jeffrey Dahmer wrote like this uh autobiographical sort of uh, uh story about knowing jeffrey dahmer when he was uh when he was a kid wow what did he say he was like <laughs> oh i don't know i haven't read it but i know that it, <laughs> i know that it exists 
Yeah, I listened to a very interesting podcast where they really got into the kind of psych psychology of him and talking to his parents and interviews with them and just, you know, he was just a he was a very classically like, you know, killing small animals really early on and uh, very much a loner and in his own world and yeah. not too many friends and very very um oppressive parents. Dad was, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. I think a lot of things have to line up for you to get to that kind of place, but he had a lot of the red flags there. <laughs> yeah. And Ed Kemper as well. Hannah and I were just speaking before about, you know, there's this shades of Ed Kemper. He did some pretty crazy weird stuff with body parts and what have you. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was watching that series, Mindhunter. Oh, such a great show though. They did yeah, yeah. absolutely blinding yeah. job. Brilliant, but I had to watch like it's always sunny or something super lighthearted afterwards. <laughs> I'd have a nightmare. I never had that with that. That's so that. weird. I can't do it. That guy was so incredible. Just put you right to sleep. It's ah, oh, very comfortable. <laughs> I think I was more like focused on the acting, and it was so good. Um, and that guy who plays the the lead role is like this all singing, all dancing musical yes. character. Usually, was he, so. or something? he was in Glee. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and he's been on Broadway and mm. stuff. So for, for him to, to sort of pull that out of the bag, I just think he's great. Great show. Nothing to do with Color Jam, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, most of these, are, I don't know, probably probably about half of my stuff that, you know, in episodes is not about the things. Just, you know, I'm talking. <laughs> there are a lot of bands here. Well, because well, we did a um, an episode a little while ago where we were talking about, we're not, well, to speak of myself, not massive Slayer fans by any stretch of the imagination. But um, they had a, a song, Dead Skin Mask, in Seasons of the Abyss, that was about, which is, which is the Dead Skin Mask guy. Ed Dean. Ed Dean, yeah. Reminiscent of Dirty Frank. But I don't think he, I don't think he killed too many people, Ed Dean. I think he dug them up. Oh, it wasn't that bad then. He did kill a few people, but <laughs> mainly, yeah, he was a grave robber. I'm not giving him a pass, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Chainsaw Mask, that's him, right? Isn't it? You're, you're the expert. Yeah, that, that, just, no, well, that was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but there was another film, and it kind of was saying that he, you know, murdered a lot of people. He, I don't, I don't know. If that's tricky, true. He loved Pelja. <laughs> I really identify with this Dirty Frank song for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they really nailed it. <laughs> what was he always talking about the other day that? Apparently, they got loads of fan mail from Serial Killer. Oh, Radiohead's Creep. Oh. Yeah, apparently, when they released that, they had loads of fan mail from, um, yeah, like, <laughs> murderers. <laughs> Creepy. That must have been nice. Yeah, <laughs> what have we done? Serial Killers just go hand in hand. Yeah, and then there was that, that Creep remix or something like that that was just released uh, a little while ago, like eight minutes long or something like that. It's like a real weird kind of a tom york trolling i think oh, uh, i haven't heard that i said that <laughs> fans of the song it's not oh it wasn't a radiohead release okay no yeah yeah it's, i think it was credited as tom york solo but yeah it's it is definitely i think something that you listen to just once and you're kind of like okay i think i got the, <laughs> the gist of <laughs> the gist of this okay i'll look it up I don't know if I'm going to put it on any mixtapes for, uh, you know, <laughs> my friend. Put it on at a party. Maybe send you like sleep after you've been watching Mindhunter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a huge, you know, they've only played it a couple times. Um, I think from 94 and then in 2006, they uh, they busted it out another time at, uh, at the Gorge. If you call this a Seattle crowd, this has to be one of the better Seattle crowds.
I see a lot of people I know who were there from early, early on, early supporters. Some of the earliest supporters in the crowd are Jeff's family. Jeff's got his whole family here tonight. They've been supporting this band before it was this band. And uh, a special toast, I I'd like to say, uh, I miss them. This is for Barry. Cheers, Barry. I miss you. Can't wait to see you. And uh, I guess what I'm saying is, is, is you guys, a lot of people here were supporting this group back when we wrote incredibly shitty songs. And we're gonna play one for you right now. up some of their live performances on YouTube the other night and I found so they don't play the whole they just play the intro of Dead Frank but it was um I think it was Fenway Park 2018 so not that long ago but it had um Bill uh Janowitz, I don't know if I was pronounced that right but from Buffalo Tom mm -hmm. and um Danny Clinch okay Danny Bones I think it's the same guy isn't it but they um yeah they're on stage with them and it's the intro of Dead Frank and then it goes into Dirty Water by the Standles. And it's really cool to watch. And uh, I used to love Buffalo Tom back in the day. And, uh, you know, I, I think probably a large part of that was because they're on the My So Called Life soundtrack, which Lily and I are a huge My So Called Life And um, he's now a, uh, a really successful real estate agent <laughs> specialising in mid-century modern architecture, is Bill. So, oh, nice. uh, fun fact. <laughs> we like a fun fact, do we? <laughs> Spidergrams and all that. Yeah, yeah. Get it on, the, get it on that spidergram. Yeah, I don't think there's any, really, any other facts or anything like that. It, I think it is just a sort of... Oh, damn it. What's the word I'm looking fun. for? Yeah, it's fun. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, niche sort of hidden gem that people either dismiss because it's, you know, it's kind of like, oh, this is just them messing around. This isn't them being real, writing real deep songs and stuff like that. This is just them, you know, being kids messing around or something. And then other people are like, hey, you know, I mean, music is is fun. I mean, why not let why not have them enjoy themselves, too? Definitely. I don't think there's any, yeah, no hidden meanings here. It's, uh, yeah. it is what it is. It's, yeah. It's like they're the complete reverse of Red Hot Chili Peppers, who are usually very flippant, irre irreverent and everything, with the occasional 
you know, under the bridge type moment and Pearl Jam, the exact opposite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like really intense with a brief flash of, yeah. yeah, we can be silly and stupid and muck about. Plus when you're trapped on a bus, anyone that's been on a school trip, been on a coach, <laughs> it'll take you to some strange places and uh, yeah, you kind of... Yeah, you can totally imagine how it how it comes about. Actually, in it's fact, like Stockholming. <laughs> I was stuck in the car on on the way back. It took eight hours to to get back from Devon last weekend with the kids, and you know by you know seven hours in, everyone was going stir crazy, and you can absolutely imagine how that's the scenario in which a song like this was was written. They're, yeah, they're just mm-hmm. all going mad, making up these stories about the uh, about the bus driver and. This is the result. When you go on holiday with your friends and there's like a catchphrase and it's like hilarious. And at the end of two weeks, someone says it like just really quietly and everyone's just just like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) We're going home. You can just have too much of a good thing. You're like, okay, we're not talking about this anymore. And that's it. That's where the okay, I think that's enough comes in. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's a two week holiday with your mates (laughs) from front to back. (laughs) Back to work. Just stop. I'm done. Yeah, I think that the, the bus driver is a sort of uh, mythic archetype, maybe. Uh, I mean, you have Otto from The Simpsons, and there's the uh, the bus driver in Billy Madison, played by uh, Chris Farley, who is like, I might not steer this truck right over the cliff. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. No yelling on the bus! <laughs> I think we've all been there. You know, anyone who's been on a school trip, you know, and yeah. coach, what's the coach? Yeah. <laughs> anyone around a bunch of kids at their worst day in, day out. That's what we were saying. Like, on the one hand, you want to think, wow, what a great job. You know, you get to meet all these bands and then you think of the reality of it and you think, what a terrible job that must be and how, yeah. how sort of awful and dragging these guys who are just, you know, anyway. Cleaning up after them as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the 24 yeah, hours yeah. would get very sick of it. Telling everybody not to use the toilet because then you got to clean it up. And... <laughs> oh, a coach toilet, yeah. Oh. They're to be avoided at all costs. Especially with dirty boys like the chili boys. <laughs> And if you're the you're driving bus for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, sometimes you gotta fish socks out of the toilet because they forget to take them off before going <laughs> to the bathroom. You know, <laughs> kick all the groupies out. <laughs> now that I cannot imagine the Pearl Jam boys doing. Thanks. <laughs> oh yeah, there is a bit in the song. There's, it's about groupies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now the little groupies getting chopped up in the back. Well, I think this is. Uh, we can wrap it up, right? There's. We have anything else about the song to say? No, I think we. No, it's short, sweet, yeah. sweet, sweet song. Yeah. <laughs> no hidden meanings. <laughs> it is what it is. So then, uh, let's wrap it up since we are still in uh, PJ thirty year because uh, it's the thirtieth anniversary of ten. So um, this time, uh, Hannah, I uh, gotta ask you, like Ed was asked at the end of Single Video Theory, what does Pearl Jam mean to you? Well, Pearl Jam for me is like being home. Uh, They're like an old friend. I don't know. I feel like it's a bit like some people kind of come in and out of your life and you might be really close with some people for a certain time and then you lose touch and you might reconnect or you might not. Um, And others are always in it. You know, you may not see or or talk to them every day, but but when you do, you kind of pick up where you left off. You can talk to them about, you know, anything and you can be utterly yourself and I think that's sort of what Pearl Jam is for me in a way, because it was a it was a really intense relationship in some of my most formative years. 
you know, it's like when you're 13, 14, you, you feel things like so, so deeply, so intensely. Um, and music was, was everything to me then, really. I um, didn't really have all of the other distract- distractions that, that I have now, you know. It was kind of school, friends, music. And also at that age, I wasn't really old enough yet to, to go and see things live until a bit later. I didn't start being allowed to go and see live bands until 95 was my first gig, Radiohead. So, you know, I just listened to them in my room while doing my homework and writing my super deep journal and trying to decipher the lyrics, um, which was sometimes quite tough with, you know, with Eddie's lyrics. You know, and I'd be burning candles and, and joysticks <laughs> in my room. <laughs> and, uh, and the albums that I was listening to then were, you know, 10 and, and verses and Nevermind and Siamese Dream and you know, Pablo Honey, Automatic for the People. So... You know, I've always loved music, but it was really in my early teens that I think, you know, it really had the, the biggest influence over me. But, you know, kind of getting, you know, sort of starting this podcast with, with Lily, and I think we both got quite, you know, nostalgic over the past couple of years. I don't know if lockdown has had a lot to do with it, probably. But, um, you know, going back and revisiting, now I, I feel like I also kind of never need to be sort of in the mood for Pearl Jam. There's, there's something there to suit all of my moods. So, you know, if I want to kind of, you know, rock out, there's, I don't know, I'll go to State of Love and Trust or Rearview Mirror or, I don't know, Animal. If I want to be quiet and, and brooding, it's black or thin air. And, um, you know, if I want to dance, you know, now it's Dance of Their Clairvoyance, you know, like really, really eagerly anticipated the new album. And my mm-hmm. daughter and I love dancing to Dance of the Clairvoyance in the kitchen. Um, you know, or even Dirty Frank can have a good old sort of funk along to that. <laughs> and, um I think now that I'm kind of, you know, frighteningly three times the age that I was when, when I fell in love with, with Pearl Jam and, and music in the first place, and that I've got kids who are closer to the age that I was then than I am now, if that makes sense. I don't know, I've got really nostalgic about, about that passion that I had, and I kind of want my kids to, to feel that as well. So I've been trying to expose them to, to Pearl Jam and, uh, and other stuff as much as possible with their... Uh, you know, with varying success to try and, uh, you know, sort of guide them and influence them a bit. But, you know, it will be what they will be. You know, they'll, they'll find their, their own way. And I'm excited to uh, to find out what their Pearl Jam ends up being for them. But, yeah, that's what they mean to me. Yeah, thanks for that. And uh, you, you mentioned that you, you have a podcast as well, if you want to, uh, I, I, what, what, to tell people about that. I don't uh... Thank you. We are Society <laughs> Owes Me a Gen X podcast. <laughs> um, we talk about Pearl Jam a, a fair bit, but yeah, our thing is like we talk about 90s uh, bands, uh, soundtracks, TV shows, movies. Um, yeah, we, we lean heavily on the alt rock area. And, uh, but you know, lots in between because sometimes it'll be stuff that you didn't necessarily love or even like, but you heard it so much and it just takes you back to that place in time, uh, being a teenager when life was just so different and your outlook and I know it's a good feeling. It's a, it's a positive, happy, very, uh, kind of excite, excitement for the future and not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. I think no matter what genre of music you liked back then, uh, Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. (laughs) And everybody, everybody's like, yeah, this is how we do it. (laughs) Yeah, it's very evocative. (laughs) Well done, Brandon. (laughs) You listened to our last episode. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not sure we'll be covering Montel that much again in the future. No. But. Uh, you, you, you get that song and that's that's all you need. Yeah. But. yeah, yeah. But there's other songs like that that you will throw in that's, that's kind of like, oh, yeah, this is something that everybody, you know, from who, who grew up then, you know, no matter what kind of music you listen to, that it was in in the air and the zeitgeist that people knew about and that, you know, everybody was like, yeah, you can't deny, you can't be stone faced it. And there's like, no, I don't like this. song. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't the, the style I listen to. I'm hardcore. I listen to Metallica. It's like, oh, no, I like this song. It's a bop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It happens to all of us. Yeah. There's no point in trying to out cool it. It's not happening. And sometimes, you know, it's just that song that you didn't know you wanted to hear. <laughs> but when you do hear it, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Yeah, well, th- uh, thanks for coming on. And it's always good uh, talking to you, too, and getting uh, all the different uh, points of view from uh, different uh, different countries of uh, well, thanks how for having us. affected you and, and all that sort of stuff, I guess, as I try to wrap this up. <laughs> Not knowing <laughs> what to you, say. Thank you, it's always lovely to talk to you. We really appreciate you um, having us on the podcast. The Better Band Podcast is produced by listenupreno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to support this podcast, you can go to either ko-fi.com slash Brandon P or patreon.com slash Brandon P. You can also just give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, but don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guests Lily and Hannah and as always, this is Brandon saying, Welcome to the Knowledgeium, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such automated information kiosks as Welcome to Springfield Airport and Where's Nordstrom? This is how we do